Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, Brady Carducci, and today on the show, I have a very special guest. He's a Toronto-based artist, producer, songwriter. He's got over 5 million streams on Spotify. Um, he's the newest addition to the Red Bull Records roster, and he's even had shout-outs and guarded the attention of superstars such as Drake and Cardinal Official, impressively, all the while playing D1 Volleyball at University of California. Please welcome to the show, my guy, Kofi. How's it going, buddy? How's it going? Thanks for having me. No problem, man. Happy to really have you um, on the show. I've been, I mean, I've been a fan of your music since, like, probably 2017, 2018, so I've been following your, your stuff for a while. Um, really excited to sit down and talk about just your talent as a musician, um, kind of your journey um, from how you started to where you are now. So excited to get into all that. But I mean, I feel like I have to start the interview off asking, you know, about COVID. We're living through a, a global pandemic right now. So how has that either affected your lifestyle negatively, positively, like how you've been dealing with that? Um, I mean, I try to look at the good in every situation. Okay. So obviously COVID has been detrimental to so many people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I mean, there has been some drawbacks, but I've been really able to just like focus on my music and build a team around me, build like a, a house or a studio in my house. Yeah, yeah, okay. And like just grind. Like I've spent so many hours just working towards my craft that mm -hmm. I would have to split between school music and volleyball oh and now it's just music music every day that's good did you did you sometimes find it about like uh like would you not to say you wouldn't want to go to like a volleyball practice or play a game but did you find that like as you started to get more into music and that's kind of the direction you wanted to go that you lost passion for volleyball at all um i mean something that not that many people know about me is i was never really that passionate about the sport oh really yeah okay so you want me to get into it? Sure. I mean, but so, you, when you say something like that, you got to elaborate. <laughs> um, well, basically, I wasn't really that passionate about the sport. More so, I was just passionate about the people that I was playing with. Right. So, I, I grew up playing um, Scarborough Titans mm, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Coach Brian Singh. And those guys, those guys to this day are my family. Mm. Like, more than half of them have, like, jungle chains around their neck. Oh, okay, so, like, so. they're those are my guys and I would do anything for them to this day. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went to UCLA uh, and like a bunch of those guys on the team, guys like Micah, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they, those guys are like family to me. And also like the coach, John Spira, mm -hmm. that guy's been just like crazy positive figure in my life. So um, really I was just playing for, <laughs> for guys, like for them, just okay. cause out of respect and like, I love, you know, playing, so was it also one of those things because it's like it's not like it was d3 or d2 it's d1 so it's like you, you got to be good to, to play like was yeah. it because i know i mean i don't know do you know the tennis player like andre agassi i've heard the name okay yeah so basically he was like on the level of like rafael nadal or, or roger federer back uh -huh. in the day and basically he was saying that you know kind of he's like i never really loved to play tennis i was just good at it so i i had to capitalize on my skill what did that play a little bit into it too like your you were so your skill set was so high they're like okay well i gotta at least try and see where this goes a little bit or, or not too much yeah to an extent i mean i i always wanted to prove to myself that i could play pro yeah. i could play on the national team mm -hmm. and then i played on the national team and then pro offers were coming in and like yeah. at that point i'm like do i really want to go sit in poland like like that's a that's a great life for for some people like you get to travel around and see the word world but just mm -hmm. the person i am i'd rather just sit here and focus on music something i'm actually passionate about yeah no 100 percent, i agree and I, I'm, it's 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 good that you you've made you made that distinction early because it's like you don't want to look back and be like oh man I, I wasted five years of my life playing mm -hmm. something i'm not passionate about right so 
That's good. So uh, for, for the audience out there who may not be familiar with who you are, I kind of want to bring it back for a sec and just kind of go from the start of your background. So I know you grew up in Scarborough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Scarborough, for people who may not be familiar, it's a very diverse community, a lot of different ethnicities. So just uh, from your upbringing perspective, like how was growing up, growing up here in Scarborough? What was it like? It was, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like just growing up in Scarborough, you get to meet and understand all different types of life you know yeah so like just like the way i was raised it was around so many different ethnic groups social stat like classes mm-hmm. uh so you really get like a good perspective yeah and also too it's it's also it's also nice like for example when you went away to ucla or you go into a different country you really and you meet other people from different walks of life or different backgrounds it's like you pick up on things where it's like oh okay like they were raised like this they do things like that so it's like not to say you compare yourself to them but it's just that thing in their back of your head you're like oh, okay so it's like you know not everyone operates the way i operate you know which yeah is, which is kind of cool so there was definitely a big adjustment period when i first went to la mm-hmm. going from speaking the way i speak here yeah i mean i can turn it off and turn it on but like just the toronto slang that was just so ingrained in me just growing up in scarborough and just being with my homies all day yeah uh, I had to turn that all off, you know? I was kidding. <laughs> but honestly, though, like, I feel like it's gotten, well, like, Six Buzz and, and on social, it's gotten so big that I feel like if you were to go back now, I feel like people, like, you might catch a couple people, like, trying to fake the Toronto accent yeah. just to, like, get in there, you know? Some people would know it, but it's still, like, oh, yeah. these guys, they, they, they gave it to me still. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, obviously, you know, growing up, so how did the... I mean, you alluded to a little bit at your volleyball, but for your music side of your interest here, how did you, like, what was it about music that you gravitated towards? Because I know you, you're not, you know, you're not just a, a producer or an artist. You're actually classically trained. You play a lot of instruments. You actually know musical theory, which is surprisingly not too many artists actually are well-versed in. So, you know, what made you want to go down that route and inspired, you know, kind of all those decisions? Uh I don't even know when I started. I, I like challenges, you know, and this mm-hmm. is definitely a, the, probably the biggest challenge of my life. Um, so the way I kind of started in music was just playing piano, learning mm-hmm. like classical, like being classically trained in piano. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things to learn was just music theory, um, which is weird. Like, yeah, no yeah. not too many that. people say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like now it's paying off so much. Like I walk right. in any studio and I know what's going on. Okay. But um, yeah, and then kind of, I started off writing classical scores for like mm. my band to play in middle school. Oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So had, wait, wait. So you had a band in middle school? Oh no, like the school. Oh, the, band. the school band. Yeah. Okay. okay like okay. with trombones and like okay. everything like that. Okay. So I was doing that, and then because I was like a nerd growing up, mm. and then I get to high school, and I'm like, okay, this is not it. You yeah, know? <laughs> it's just not the not the move. Yeah, yeah. So I got a MacBook. Um, and finally, uh, just transferred over to like GarageBand. And since I'm just like from Scarborough where hip hop is it and everyone wants to be a rapper. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty prominent. I just started making beats and trying to hustle and sell them to make money. I was broke. Facts, <laughs> <laughs> so. I, I feel you on that. Yeah, so from, I guess, the, the your introduction to the hip hop side was the beats. So when did you get to a point where you're like, okay, I'm selling these beats, I'm producing for all these artists. But it's like, man, like I can I can rap just as good as so and so, or I, I want to try my hand at that. Like, how did that happen? I'll tell you exactly how it happened. Okay, so write it down. Basically, uh, one of like my closest friends, he's real close with three six five guys, like okay. Jay Brown and them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So he knew what I was doing. He saw my little makeshift studio setup, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Yo, let me bring them." So they'd come. We would make some songs because I was also engineering, like to an extent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At that time, uh, I don't even know if you can call it engineering, but this is when I first got Logic. And then uh, guys like that, like at that time, mm-hmm. the trend was just to put the whole gang on the track, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get as many, fit as many people as you can. Yeah, yeah like everyone. <laughs> so <laughs> I was mixing this one track that never came out, but it got leaked. Ooh. It was, um, it's called First Place okay. by 365. And Jay Brown's part was crazy. Hmm. Actually, I'm not even going to say any more names. <laughs> a bunch of guys' parts were crazy, but there was just yeah. one part I was like, yo, this can't go on this track, you know? Because like, it, like, it was too good or it just No, it was not. It was not up to it par. It was okay, not okay, good. Okay, okay. So then I, when, when they left, I took it off and put myself oh. in another version. I was like, yo, I'm way better than these guys. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and then from, from then, I just, you know, kept at it. Okay. So, uh, so when you put yourself on there, did you like did those other guys that were on the track? Did they? Because it, it never got released, but I mean, well, it got leaked. But did they hear you on it? It was like, oh shit, like you, you yeah. got it. Well, well, no, they never said that. They never gave it to me because okay. like I was like, yo, listen to this. But in their mind, like they can't just diss their homie and take him off, you know? True. Which like I can't fault them for that. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was the version with me that got leaked. So all fingers were pointing at me so yeah you might be able to i don't know we can scourge the internet to see if we can find it you know i like know this was right years here. ago this is years ago uh, but yeah that's how i started and that's why because i was like yo i'm mixing all these guys at that time i was also work, uh, working with bugs oh yeah yeah okay so i was like i'm working with all these guys i can rap mm-hmm. but i can also sing because i've just been like singing like i was like a closeted singer okay. <laughs> my whole <laughs> life so yeah uh, yeah, I was like, all right, I could do this, okay. and then I started working. That's it. So, um, do you do, would you credit a lot of your like you know going into the studio and engineering and producing for a lot of these? I guess you would say Toronto artists. Did that help to build now when you're you know actually going on tracks and, and building your career? Um, you know, in terms of relationships, like oh, you have Boogs come on and, and come on a track. Like, did that help form a lot of your music relationships like later on? It helped, uh, no, to be honest, like, it didn't, no, like, my relationship with, like, Boogs and Jay Brown, like, that's solid, Mm. but no other relationships really came out of that, you know? Okay. But Was that just because, like, just the vibe, you're just more, like, vibing with with those two guys in particular? Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, like, I could could ask them to connect me with other people, but uh, I was working with uh, my old manager, his name is Ellie. Okay. He is just man. I've, crazy I've heard Ellie's got the sauce in terms of connections. He I don't want to like throw just na- throw names out there, but he's got just know he's got the sauce. He has the all the connections, and that's where I'd say a good like eighty percent of the connections hmm. in the music industry that I've gotten have came from. Okay, so how did you? Um, uh, I know he's not managing you now, but just for background history's sake, like how did you guys initially get? Um, he's a done? volleyball guy. Oh, he is. Okay. He's like a heavy volleyball guy. His family is like a volleyball family, and um, basically, he uh, he was coaching my sister actually at the time, mm. okay. uh, and then basically from there, it was actually Q. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Q is like my homie. That like we like if I'm in the studio, he's in the studio. Like we're doing this, uh, and he engineers as well. So uh, it was actually Q. He was sending a couple songs of mine to Ellie. 
Okay. And then Ellie was like, do you have like something more commercial? Like, you know, because mm-hmm. I was making Toronto tracks. Right, right, right. So he's like, oh, like something more for the masses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went home like that day and then cooked up this track called All For You and he liked it. So okay. ever since then, like he'd come out to LA and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, this just popped into my head, but so now, so I guess you, you I guess you can kind of have a comparison. You, you know, you're, you're getting managed by Ellie, but you're also, you have new management now. Um, what, in your opinion, as an artist, someone who's represented and when you go into business, I guess, rooms, this, this person is representing you. What, in your opinion, what makes a good manager? Someone who is down to do anything, like someone okay. who isn't above anything, because that's how I am as an artist. I'm not above anything. Like I'm yeah. the person uploading my tracks to DistroKid. Okay. You know? Um, You're not pawning that off to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Like I'll do it myself. There's mm-hmm. some things I hate doing. Mm. but like if it comes down to it i'll do it myself um so someone like that Mm. connections help connections yeah but also too is like you just said willing to do anything but also i find that goes with that is like has your best interest at heart you know he's like when because you know like money or when you're not in the room he's talking to somebody he could not not to say that man well not to say all managers do this or managers have done this but it's like they could be making like backward Back, backdoor deals or just would uh you know when it comes to money kind of do deals that would be more so in their in their benefit rather for than sure your. so i feel like that's important as well trust is super important trust. if you can't trust them you can't work with them yeah 100 percent. it's um, hard to know who you can and can't trust but yeah so how do you so so how do you go about figuring out who you can and can trust um i mean it's just like anything it's kind of like yeah you can, I can want, figure it out with time yeah you kind of figure it out with time and Mm-hmm. That's part of like the reason why like I'm working with some people now that I'm not work I wasn't working with in the past and vice versa. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they have to understand that it's your art and it's your life. You know. True. Yeah. yeah. So like, I can't really just like go off and do something else. You know. At this point, I'm in this. Yeah, yeah. You're Whereas right. they can, so they have to be very sensitive to that. True. That's true. Um, so. I kind of wanted to start, you know, we got a little bit about your background. I know we took a little bit of a tangent about all this stuff, but um, in terms of just building your career at the beginning, you know, flashback, you're a new artist, you're trying to establish your brand. What were maybe some of those early day struggles like for you? What are some things that you reflect back on? You're like, oh man, you know what? If I only did this differently or I did this better, I would be 10x where I am now. Because um, I think it's really important, especially for new artists who are watching, uh, maybe, you know, even if you can get into some advice of some things that, you know, you found that um, worked for you or didn't work for you. Um, probably the number one thing that I would say okay. is uh, like, as a young artist, you're always like looking up for like a handout, you know? Okay. So like, like I'm, I'm doing my thing. Uh, I see like a guy like Drake follows me. Right. I'm in his DMs. I'm asking handout this. Right. Preem following me. I'm asking handout that. You which, can't. Which to, which to be clear, he does. Yeah. Okay. But it's not like first off, you get no respect asking for handouts. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get more respect when you just if you have a little flame, you just fan your flame and you mm. really focus on your fans because your fans are literally like like my fans are everything to me, you know, mm-hmm. because without them who like nobody cares, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So like I would just instead of like looking up for a handout, I would just like stay in your lane and do what you're doing and fan your flame. And when you're uh, 
flame grows, people are going to just pick up on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also, too, I, I like the analogy you use of, like, fanning your own flame, because it's, like, also, too, it's, like, people who are, let's say, quote-unquote, one-hit wonders, where you were saying, it's, like, they don't have the, yes, they have a big hit, but they don't really have that core yeah. foundation, and you just see in acts in the past where it, that, that really goes to show. And also, too, I mean, like, Russ preaches about this all the time, about, like, having a core fan base, because it's, like, from someone uh, who's not in the business or someone on the outside, like, even if we're just strictly speaking concerts, like, you know, you post up about a show, hey, I'm performing at the Phoenix, hey, I'm performing at Mod Club. Those core fans are going to be going on the website and, you know, mm -hmm. okay, I got to get that Kofi ticket, got to get, like, the VIP, the meet and greet, like, all that, right? And I don't think people really realize how hard it is to sell out a 1,500-person a venue, a 2,000-person venue. So it's like, you know, those core fans really um, do a lot uh, for you. So how uh, have you, like... I guess not developed your fan base, but well, I guess you could say developed your fan base, but also keep them engaged over the course of your career. Ooh, that's kind of something I'm still trying to figure out. Okay. Like I have like a core group of fans and like, mm -hmm. I call them the ride or dies. Like they, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, like they just like they- They ride or die for Yeah, you. more than I do for myself. Like, oh, okay. I don't understand it some days, but yeah, I appreciate it. You know, of course, <laughs> that's no, 100%, say. 100%. Um, so, getting into the i guess the music i want to talk about like your sound your style because i feel like when i listen to your stuff it's very experimental it's very like there's no there's no one sound you i feel like you like to pull from a lot of different influences whether it be Afrobeat, um, reggae obviously like r b and hip-hop you, you do use a lot so where do these influences come from and then uh you know do you ever um are you ever nervous or scared to maybe like get too experimental or just be like, oh, you know what? Like, I really don't know if the fans will like this. You know, like, do you ever get into those circumstances? I have so many. It's crazy to me that you, like, you say I'm experimental and I yeah. do a bunch of things because if this is my spectrum, this is what I release, you know? like Really? Okay. Yeah, like I have songs that they're literally just called like concept tracks, like just stuff that I don't think I could ever release. Right, right. But I feel like if I were to release it, maybe I'll release them on SoundCloud. There will be like a like maybe my core fans would like they'd appreciate, appreciate it because it. Yeah, yeah. those are the songs that actually like mean the most to me you know mm -hmm. so i don't know i like i I've, pull influences from like everywhere my top influences though are probably akon okay and sam cook really sam cook okay yeah. i like those i love sam cook mm -hmm. i almost got him tatted on me but oh really okay i'll probably get a quote yeah when you, when you said get get him tatted on, like you were thinking like his face. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yo, I, like Sam Cook, that's my guy. Yeah. Sam Cook and Akon. Only yeah. thing about Akon is he made a track with six nine. Uh, and did that did that taint your I guess your opinion of him a little bit? Yeah, brought me from like hundred and ten percent to like hundred and nine, but <laughs> okay. like only percent, but yeah, one percent, but like well, locked up is just such a banger. Yeah. You, you can't put six nine on that, like. I know. I'm sure he has his reasons. You yeah. Know? And I know he's a smart businessman, but oof, yeah. <laughs> that hurt. As a, as a also, uh, I don't th I don't think I'm a, a big as a fan, Akon fan as you are, but I do enjoy his music. I feel like we can just let that slide and, and not uh, yeah. not pay too much attention to it. I don't know, but we'll he's see. doing a lot of work, so yeah, we'll have to let that one slide. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I feel like the the two songs that at least put you on the map. Globally, in Toronto, definitely would be Came Up and uh, Wake Up. Um, mm -hmm. So when you were in the studio recording those tracks, now, 
this may depend on the artist, but I know I've heard stories where some artists were like, oh man, like I know when, when it hits a hit, like I, I just, I just know. Um, when you were recording those tracks, like, did you have that like aha moment? Like we got something here? Or was it only until you realized the streams are going up? They're like, okay, like we've got something. Well, I actually kind of knew those tracks still. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, okay. There's some tracks when I thought I knew, like Baby Girl, I thought that one was out of here, but it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Could have been a marketing thing, but I don't know. But those tracks, yeah, it's crazy to me because those are probably like the realest tracks. Mm. In terms of uh, like vulnerability and what you're saying on it? Yeah, like Wake Up, yo, I'm dead serious. I really didn't even listen to that track for like maybe like four months after it came out. Really? Yeah, I didn't listen to it. I was like, I don't want to hear this. Yeah, it was <laughs> Went just, to a party after that. Really? Okay. Because yeah. I guess it was just the stuff you're talking about, it would just trigger like memories and emotions and stuff? Or? Yeah, just, you know, being young, breaking up with your girlfriend. Yeah. Luckily, I don't know why. Like, I was just cheesed. Like, I was just so pissed. Yeah. Was but, it like a first heartbreak kind of thing? Or like, yeah. Okay. Well, that, that hurt. That, I feel like that hurts like extra. Yeah. You know? Oh, there was also, there's levels to it. There's drama involved. Jeez. But we won't have to speak on that. Yeah, but yeah. There's like, like that song, I remember it was Micah, comma, uh, he's like the feature on that song. He's mm-hmm. like, yo, bro, like, come on, get out of your bed. Like, <laughs> let's, let's go, go to the studio. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the, the studio was like across the hallway from like, oh, okay. So it was in the house. Oh, it was in the house. It was in the house. Like we both lived together and it was in the house. So we went in there mm-hmm. and it was like 7 p.m. on a Friday. And then okay. made the track. I freestyled it. I was that pissed. Like I just really? I didn't even write it. Not one bar. I literally just like, freestyled the track because i was just that pissed that's why it's like i think people like the emotion in the track more than the words like the words are just like so simple yeah but yeah it's because it's the way it's the way you're saying them yeah yeah just no cap no yeah (laughs) no filter yeah exactly um so oh that okay yeah so you just said you uh you you felt like you could freestyle yeah freestyle off the top of your head that track when you're angry so like can you like is that I don't want to say a formula, but it's like if you want to just bang on a track, you just man, I've like got angry right now. Like, is that what you do, or do you have have you has your creative approach like changed since you made those two songs? Mm, I mean, I kind of have a different creative approach for every song. Like, okay, but when I'm like going through something, I try to force myself to get into the studio. Oh, that's really? when like okay. the best work comes, you know. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes I go into a studio in a great mood and make a track that's so sad and I'm just pissed off after and I'm just like right because like, you didn't want to make a, a sad track or just because you're still like angry I'm from just what pissed happened. off from listening to it you know true yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like the words just start affecting me I'm like wow that's crazy yeah ruined my whole mood <laughs> you gotta go like you know a meditation or go take a walk or something after, yeah yeah um, so kind of that kind of segues perfectly into, um, you know, the EP you just dropped in terms of story of my life, because mm-hmm. I mean, the, the title says it right there, story of my life. So, you know, it's going to be about your experience, your story. So um, like going into, I guess, making this was was your life kind of the inspiration behind the, the yeah. songs? I just my life's pretty much like the inspiration of like all my songs, all your stuff. OK, I'm trying to think of the track list. Um, there was story of my life there was fay i think um Mm -hmm. there was uh, enough talk was on there baby girl was on there and then there there was also uh somebody like you somebody yeah yeah the other was somebody like you yeah yeah. somebody like you i never knew that track was gonna do as well as it did like Mm -hmm. that track like boomed on apple music yeah and that's like that's also a super real track so i'm gonna just start being super real with my emotions i guess Mm -hmm. I uh, personally, I, that's one thing that I like about you. And I think that separates you at least in, tr- in the Toronto scene from other artists. Cause like, 
not not to generalize, but a lot of Toronto artists they don't like to get that deep. They don't like mm -hmm. to be vulnerable on songs. They like to um, you know rap about the you know the classic rap stuff. So um, are you are you, is it hard for you to be to be vulnerable? And then when you're vulnerable, you're listening back. Then be like, okay, I want to release this or like you do it, or have you, since you've done it so many times, you're just like, okay, it gets easier and easier every time you do it. Um, I think it's pretty easy for me. Uh, the thing about me though is like, like I don't even know that I have these emotions sometimes, you know, like oh, really? just okay. so far, like I, you know, like stuff happens and I keep it pushing hmm. like all the time. So like when I get it, like, like to go into those emotions and make a whole song out of it, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. Like I can only do it sometimes, you know? Really? Okay. Interesting. Um, so I know this, so actually, you know what, uh, so who did you work with on this project? So I want to give them some, some shine and some shout out too, because it's definitely a team effort when you, you put a, a body of work right. together. Let's think. So for, we'll go through the track. So story, or somebody like you, yeah. uh, I did the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> so gee, okay. Shout out I, to you. <laughs> I made the beat, uh, from the time I made that like vocal sample, mm -hmm. I knew that I liked the beat at least. And then I wrote in, that was just super about my life. Okay. It was so broke in LA. Yeah. Holy, it's crazy. And then after that, what is it? Baby Girl? Baby Girl, okay. Baby Girl, I was working with this guy named Jonas Carlson. Okay. Carlson. Is he from Toronto, Toronto or LA? LA. He's, he's from LA. He's not from LA, he's from somewhere in Europe. Oh, I'm wow. I'm not okay. sure. But um, yo, that guy is, <laughs> he's a monster. He's so good at, he basically does what I do, as in like, just like, kind of like everything. Okay. But he's just been doing it for 10 more years, you know? Okay, so he has that ex that extra time and experience. Yeah, okay. so that beat I had like, I had the whole song written to like a loop that I'd played on piano. Okay. And then I went to his studio to do it and then I recorded it, like I re-recorded it there and we basically built the beat together around it. Oh, that's really cool, okay. And yeah, that guy's a monster. And after that, What's uh, next? You had a, a Nuff Talk. I forget Nuff the Talk? You had a feature on that, right? Yeah, that's Rodney. He's from Toronto. Oh, really? Man, yeah. Okay. I got to get tapped into what he's doing. Rodney is crazy. I just think he's super talented. Okay. And that connect actually came through volleyball. That was one of my homies. His name's Joey. Okay. Joey Jarvis. Shout he, out Joey uh, Jarvis. Yeah, shout out Joey Jarvis. He like linked that. Cause I, I always thought that this guy was crazy talented. And, yeah. Like, he linked me with Rodney. And yeah, that's another beat that I made too okay. for Nuff Talk. So, so the, the, the couple songs you said you, you kind of like, well, uh, except working with Jarvis on the, that one track, um, it sounds like you were making a lot of them like from scratch and like yourself, like do you prefer to make stuff for a project by yourself or is there still a lot of collaboration involved? Um, I really have no preference, okay. but for some reason it always ends up like 50-50. Split evenly, okay. Yeah, so like, like I made Story of My Life, or sorry, not Story of My Life. I made Somebody Like You. Mm -hmm. uh, I made Half of Baby Girl, and then okay. I made uh, Nuff Talk. And then the other three, like F-A-Y was this guy named Joel, who's super talented from LA. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, what are the other songs? Um, uh, the Story of My Life. Oh yeah, Story of My Life, that's No Name Tim. That's one of my favorite producers, and then there's the other one. It's kind of like an interlude. Wow, I don't even know my own song. No, I'm trying to think too because I, I was literally like looking at the track list. Uh, it's, it's blanking on me, but yeah. the real fans out there will, will know. You guys the will know that song. talking about. And that was me on the melody, no name Ch Tim, no name Tim, mm -hmm. and uh, K9, who's from Toronto. Okay. On the drums. So. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. 
Um, and I know you, you take a, a, the creative process for this album, or sorry, this EP, how did it differ from um, the one you released in 2018 and then any other projects you released on SoundCloud? So um, this was kind of like the same as everything else. 2018, that project was different. Uh, I worked with Dot because I wanted to get this professionally uh, like mixed and mastered. Mm -hmm. He did like, he did his thing on shout it. Shout out to uh, Shout Out Dot. Yeah, Dot. We all know how I feel about that. That's the guy. Um, but yeah, so that's the only time I've actually sent my stuff to get mixed and mastered. Uh, so like story of my life, I did everything myself. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's kind of the way I do it. Nice. I like it though. I like it. Um, it's almost too, it's like, you know, if you want to do something, you're not relying on anyone else. You can just plug yeah. in and do it, which is, which is good. If I want to do something that's wrong, I don't have to get someone else's approval, you know? Exactly. It's like, oh, I like it or I don't. And then just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. 100%. Um, so... This may be open to interpretation, but it's like first a fan or, or someone who is hearing that EP. Did you have a certain emotion or a goal or a man when I when they listen to this project, I want these type of, of emotions to be evoked? Or is it something where it's like you you know you just put in your emotion, your energy, and whoever um, is listening to it just interprets in in their own way? I kind of wanted to give something for everyone, you know. Okay, I like that. So like, there's like the hype up tracks. Like mm -hmm. F-A-Y. Mm -hmm. Then there's like the kind of Afro swing tracks like Baby Go Enough Talk. Then there's hard rap. But talking about like real stuff like as in um, somebody like you. Mm -hmm. And then there's like the super emotional like deep stuff in uh, Story of My Life. Mm -hmm. so, just something for everyone. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I have like, that's just six songs. Like I feel bad for only releasing six songs. I have like literally at this point, I don't know, like I have like 50 to 80 songs, like good, ready to release in the vault. That's a lot. Okay. And a whole album just finished like perfect. Like I, I love this album. Okay. Uh, I was going to I was going to save that till later, but you're on the topic now. So you might as well, I might as well ask the question. Are you going to be dropping any projects anytime soon? Can you like reveal any dates for fans or, oh, or I don't maybe not any, go that far or we'll see. It'll be sometime after December or sorry, after September of next year. Okay. That this super special album is dropping. Okay. But until then, I can kind of drop whatever whatever I feel like. So, okay. well, so I guess I guess just stay tuned for for yeah. what you're dropping. I've been doing a single a week, uh, but I'll probably slow that down in the beginning of the year and probably put out an album before this album. But this is the album album, you okay. know. You're, okay, this is what you want people to hear. 100%. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of a single you just dropped, I think you dropped it uh, December fourth, twenty one. Um, uh, even without the video, if you just listen to that track, at least for me, when I listen to it, obviously very talking about a lot of real stuff, very some personal stuff in terms of your life. Um, so, do you find that when you um, record songs like this, or even just you step into the booth in general in terms of music, that it's an emotional release for you? Um, you know, like do you do you find that you channel, or you know, if you're having a bad day, you can just go into the booth and let it all out on tracks like that? Yeah. Yeah, I can like that's what I was saying. I usually like to try to force myself into the studio when I'm mm -hmm. pissed and I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Um, most of the time, it just ends up me just being pissed in the studio and not doing anything. But like you know, yeah. sometimes there's some gems. Mm -hmm. um, that track is actually different from any other track I've ever released because I didn't write the whole thing. Oh, so okay. Usually I write like hundred percent, you know. Mm -hmm. But that one, the hook was like I changed some words around and some things just to make it like more pertaining to my life. Okay. But it was actually Q that wrote it, the okay. hook. Okay. So he wrote the hook for himself to sing. And then 
we were, I, I told him I loved it immediately. He's like, all right, bro, just take it. And uh, like, it's super close to like, we grew, like I could walk to his house, you know? Oh, okay. So, so we grew like, up with the same experience. Okay. Um, grew up around the same type of stuff. And you know Scarborough, like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, most people do make it to 21, but yeah. at the same time, there's a bunch of people that haven't, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, like, we both lost people and it, it never gets easy, you know? Yeah, so I guess, would you would you say like a underlying underlying theme or, or message is like you wanted to not give shine, but like kind of, kind of show that like, you know, um, not everyone's lifestyle or not everyone where they come from is the same and to be, not to be mindful, but it's imp I feel like it's important to share those stories because it's like everyone has a different um, uh, different upbringing and, and you know no matter if you come from somewhere that's super you know rich and lavish or if you come from somewhere that's like more so poor or you know middle class I feel like a lot of a lot of us share the similar struggles mm -hmm. different but but similar yeah it was kind of that and also um, well like for him when he wrote the hook uh, and I, I wrote like the verses based off of that. Yeah. Um, the verses were just super about my life. Yeah. But um, basically the whole song is kind of just about like, you don't have to be in the streets to be affected by it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, like me, I was lucky. Um, my coach took all of us. Literally, if you look at my team, these are all like, we're, I'm, I'm probably like the least hood baby on the team. Okay. You okay. know? Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily he brought us out of, all that stuff that we could have been getting into mm -hmm. at a young age but um you know just because we weren't in that doesn't mean we're, we're not affected of course. you know like our, our homies call us they need something in the night like you know losing people like i said mm -hmm. so. did you ever did you ever fear yourself maybe tipping or going in that direction yeah there's definitely there's there's definitely so many like he's i could get pulled in like that you know mm, that quickly or that easily so, yeah, yeah. that easily i could have been pulled in but um yeah, no. Nah. Like I said, Brian, he's a big part of that. This guy had me. I was a ghost. Like literally, nobody knew where I was because I was I was training here. I'm practicing there. You know, right. I'd even like go to his house and like train. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, so, speaking of, I guess that's kind of ties into the theme of growth because I think this year in particular, um, there's been a lot of gr growth uh, career-wise for you. Um, I mentioned in the intro, you just signed with Red Bull. Um, so what was it about, uh, we'll start with this, what was it about Red Bull that, you know, made you want to sign with them versus, you know, potentially any other offers you had on the table or going with another label? Um, at the time, the only two serious offers I had was uh, Red Bull and APG, which is a subsidiary okay. of Atlantic. Yeah, yeah. They have like Young Boy and those guys. Mm -hmm. um, so, and so, two, so two pretty big labels vying for your attention. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Red Bull though is like I just had like a better like more of like a family vibe nothing against APG mm -hmm. um, and they're definitely doing their thing over there it was just kind of and they were they weren't at that point I didn't know I was quitting volleyball okay so they're they were fine with that oh really okay yeah so that was kind of like you know that's a deciding factor okay um, now I, I don't I don't really know too much of what the, the process in, it involves but um, you know how like what is what is that process because this could help a lot of artists i think what does that process look like in terms of like um how you go about not so getting signed but uh i feel like you know you always hear about the artist who signs the bad deal or gets messed over so how did you i guess get the right information have the right people on your side that were telling you hey kofi 
I wouldn't go for this or Kofi, you need to do this. Like, what was that process like for you in terms of getting that information so you can make an informed decision? My main thing is a lawyer. Do not okay. sign anything. Don't even talk to anybody if you don't have a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lawyers say you don't have the like the money like up right now to pay a lawyer. Of course. There are a bunch of lawyers that'll do it off commission on the deal. Okay, I didn't know that. So yeah, like say your first advance is a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lawyers that'll take five. You know, five thousand okay. out of that hundred. But with that five thousand, they're like they have more incentive to make you more money. You know. That's true. So. Uh, and they can also bring stuff to the table. Like, there's, lawyers are super connected. So mm-hmm. I would definitely get in contact with a lawyer. Now, but, do, when you say lawyer, does it, spe- well, I guess in the music sense, does it matter if it's just a normal lawyer or does it, does it have to be a specifically music lawyer? Definitely a music lawyer. Okay. Completely, definitely a music lawyer. Because they also have the connections, you know? Right. Okay. So, like, there's this lawyer I was talking to. His name's Hector. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like... At the time, he was a lawyer for Juice World as well. Oh, really? No way. Yeah. Okay. Juice World, uh, to this day, like all the Post Malone's camp, Jay London's guys. Okay. And um, I think Roddy too. Really, Roddy. So well. like, so. this was before Roddy was even that big. So he could have almost been instrumental in the fact that Roddy was on a world tour with Post. You know? Yeah. So like stuff like that, like lawyers can plug you. Mm-hmm. Like that's probably the best advice that I've gotten from. Uh, like I have some friends like whose parents are like venture capitalists okay. and they're like, trust me, lawyers are the way. They're mm-hmm. the way to connect everything and people respect you when you're talking with a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of my number. Well, that's my number two advice. My number one advice is okay. don't try to sign a deal. Like, okay, okay. it's the same thing where I talk about fanning your flame. Yeah, yeah. If you go and look for deals, you're going to get screwed over mm-hmm. 100%. If you're like not the number... If you're not top five on like a label's roster, yeah, you're like you're done. Like they're just like, gonna shelf you. Shelf you, yeah. I was yeah. just gonna say. Or okay. give you like bare minimum. They'll spend money on you, and your stuff will look good, but they're not gonna put actual thought, like critical thought, into like how to market you properly. Mm. So like, yeah, I would just fan your flame. Labels will come. It's like asking for handouts. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Also, too, is like, well, I'm going to say Russ again because he quotes this again, but uh, he, you know, it's all about, I guess, leverage, right? It's like, like you were saying before, if you're, if you're that artist who's looking for, like, here, give me a record deal. It's like yeah. you don't have any leverage. So I feel like with you, you have that core found, uh, fan base. So did you find that to be instrumental in getting the deal and the terms that you want with this contract? Yeah, I think that was instrumental, to be honest. Like, I got literally, like, I got an amazing deal mm-hmm. um, just like, because of the fact that I was playing volleyball, okay, they had to carve out a lot of things that I could have made money off of because of volleyball. Interesting. You know? Okay. So, like, say I got like a like a brand deal, like a shoe deal. Mm-hmm. They they don't have any, you know, like they don't make money off of that because it could have been for volleyball. And I do think that having a core fan base, uh, I think that that did help that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But even still, like, I still think I may have signed too early. You know. Interesting. Okay. So so why do you say that? I think there was more work to be done independently. I don't think that there's really anything. I'm. F- let me first off start by saying like I I don't regret signing. Okay. I think everything is like trial and error. It's a learning experience. Of course, yeah. Um, but there are like. Like I learned a lot from the Red Bull deal, but uh, there's, basically I, I also learned that you can do everything independent. Okay, so you can kind of go the um, I guess you could say the the Pat and Chance the rapper route. 
Yeah, basically. Okay. And those guys are winning. Um, like they nothing's are. wrong to yeah, nothing's wrong with signing to a label. But if you start treating yourself as less of an artist and more of like a business owner, so like the way I have all my stuff, it's like it's an incorporation. I'm a Smart. shareholder. Some other people are shareholders too. Mm -hmm. uh, you can sell equity. You can do this. You can do that. You know. You move like a business. Uh, you can like hire employees. You know. I like, like a that. Yeah. PR person, a manager. Yeah. Okay. Marketing. Anything. And and when you when you move like that, you in turn gain the respect from other people, and they see you as that. So it just it just um, you know works out in the, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I know you said uh, you you thought you signed too early, but what was um, in in the moment of when you signed it, why did you feel like now was the was the right time to sign? I'm gonna be completely honest. I am like I'm not I'm not from the hood, but I'm like I grew up around it, you know. Mm -hmm. And like like growing up, like I never had money like that, you know. Like my parents, yeah. my parents worked so hard. I can never take anything away from them. But like mm -hmm. we didn't really like we had some some nice things, but you know it wasn't never like that. Yeah. But uh. Like, if you look at, like, over the course of, like, say, four years and you're looking at over half a mil and you're 18, yeah. you know, you're going to sign It's sign tempting to anybody. Yeah. Like, I would have signed the first deal and then my guys in my corner were like, oh, okay, hold whoa, on. Whoa. You know? Take a step back for yeah. a sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I, okay. So that, that brings up another point. It's like, because that's what I feel like that's kind of what labels can do. They can wave the, the money in front of your face because they know a lot of young artists will go for that. So w would you say that, that that could be another piece of advice that you'd say, like, don't get don't get swooned in by the labels trying to razzle-dazzle you? Yeah, I would just, like once you're in this industry, like 100,000 and 150,000, that's not a lot of money. Right. It'll go through like, like I spent $100,000 in like less than a year, like oh, just doing, yeah not even on music videos, just on like clothes and stuff, like, you know? So like, don't let that be, don't let that fool you, you know? Mm. You can make that independently. Of course, 100%. Yeah. Um, now your jungle um, music group, you still you still have that label, right? Yeah. So what's your, what's your overall goal with that? Like, what do you want to turn that into and, and what's the vision for that? Well, right now we have some uh, producers signed. So okay. we're doing like some beat star stuff on YouTube. Nice. Um, but the way that it started is just like, I'm from this area, it's called Paradise mm -hmm. in Scarborough. Um, and there's so many talented artists. No, none of them have a voice, you know? Mm. So I just want to give them that platform. Like, if they ask me to come to my studio, if I can do it, I'm in there with them, you know? That's good, I like that, yeah. So, yeah, just like stuff like that, trying to like shed a light mm -hmm. on people that don't really, and some people end up going super far, so like, uh, I don't know if you know who Velo is. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know who Velo yeah, is. Yeah, so Velo, he's actually the one that came up with the name Jungle. Really? We, yeah, yo, me and Velo okay, go way back. Velo came because we went to the same high school. Okay. And I was older than him, and everyone knew I was the one making beats, you know? Mm -hmm. The guy came up to me with his low-ass voice and started just rapping to me in the hallway. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this guy's serious. <laughs> so we, we tapped in. Uh, I even brought him to LA. Okay, nice. Awesome. Yeah, so he's like he's like a Jungle guy. Okay. Do but you, he's doing his own thing. Um, I know you said you mentioned you're signing, you're in the process, or you have signed uh, some producers. Are you looking to also sign artists as well and engineers yeah. and kind of go the whole the whole way? We're in the process of signing artists. Uh, we actually have some deals that are like getting worked out right now. Okay. Um, but I want to kind of stay away from the whole hip hop rap scene. Okay. Is there any particular reason why? 
Um, I just don't. I, it's kind of like played, not played out. It might be overdone. Plus, I don't know what's best. Like, I, I always have love for hip hop, you know. But yeah. um, I like every single type of music. So like, you'll catch me listening to country. You'll like, like classical. It does not matter. You have a wide spe- uh, range. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like super wide. Okay. So like. I don't know, like the one girl that we're working with right now, mm-hmm. she, she's not even a hip hop artist. Okay, what what type of job music does she do? I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it's like a fusion of things. She can do anything. Her voice is just insane. Like she okay. can do anything. That's crazy. But uh, yeah, probably not hip hop. I'd say like maybe R and B, more so. Like we could do pop. Mm-hmm. It's kind of up to her. Con- like country even, or she could do country. Okay. I don't think she would want to do country, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's completely up to her. Right, yeah. She has that freedom to choose and pick. Mm-hmm. Okay, awesome. Um, so for people out there who want to check out your stuff, stream your music, follow you, um, and just get more tapped into what you're doing and who you are as a person, where's the best place then to find you at? Best place is probably either YouTube or Instagram. Instagram okay. is at JMG Kofi, K-O-F-I. Okay. Uh, and... YouTube is just Kofi. Okay. And then from there, I always have like my uh, link tree in there. So that has everything. Okay. From, like, yeah, everything. Perfect. Link, I feel like link tree is essential these days. You That's gotta, the You got to have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so guys, we'll make sure to leave all those links in the description box below. So when you guys watch this, pop right down and you'll be able to access those links uh, right away. Um, so uh, I know we uh, you mentioned a few of the things you want to drop in terms of albums, but I guess music aside, if you want to get, or not music aside, we can include music in this. Do you have any other goals or things you'd like to accomplish? Um, I know it's almost January, but we'll just say um, going into the the new year. Um, my goal for 2020 was just kind of like to grow and not okay. really just get held back. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm like, we literally just had to talk about that in the car. I think that it's going, like it's been going well and I just want to keep the momentum going into 2021. I just want to move flawlessly, no hiccups. I like that, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, just okay. start moving super neat. Mm-hmm. Just everything, every everything together and just, you know, yeah. full, full steam ahead. Okay, I like that. Um, so I'm going to, I want to end off here with a little rapid fire question game. So I'm just going to wrap, like, you know, a couple questions, rapid fire, rapid response back. You cool? Okay. Um, so Apple Music or Spotify? <laughs> That's how you're going to start? I, I had to. Whoa. I had to come out. Uh, I'm going to have to say, all right. I'm sorry, this is not a rapid fire answer. That's okay, take your time. Well, I have Apple Music. Okay. But I love Spotify because they've been putting me on playlists since day one. Mm. So, Spotify? <laughs> yeah, Spotify. Okay, good choice. I'm a Spotify guy too. Um, so if you could, pl- uh, you could only play one instrument for the rest of your life, which instrument would you pick? Piano, trombone, or saxophone? Piano. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask Rai, but that, that's going to ruin the rapid fire, so I'll ask after. Um, do you have a dream musical collaboration? It, does it have to be realistic? Shoot for the stars. No, but like, even if like they're dead? Oh, oh okay. Uh, okay, let's make, let's make it a, they're alive. Oh, they're alive. Boy. Uh, probably... It's still Akon, like... Okay. I don't even know if I'd release it at this point, just endorsing. Okay, so Akon? Yeah, but yeah, it would okay. probably be Akon still. Okay. Um, so lastly, favorite movie of all time? Interstellar. 
Good. Okay, I like that. Good choice. Good choice. I love Interstellar. Alrighty, guys. Um, so that concludes our interview, Kofi. I I really appreciate you sitting down with me, man. Uh, I appreciate you lot. having me. Of course, of course. Um, guys, appreciate you guys tuning in from at home. Like I said before, I'll make sure to leave all links that Kofi mentioned in the description box below, as well as all of our uh, social media links too. So if you guys want to stay up to date on the content we're putting out, you guys will be able to do so. Again, Kofi, thank you. Uh, guys at home, uh, stay tuned on for the next episode of Real Talks. Hey guys, it's your host, Brady Carducci. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Real Talks. Just wanted to give a special thanks to our editor, Daniel, for editing this episode and our producer, Jesse, for creating the music. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. It would honestly help us out tremendously. If you would like to stay up to date on new episode releases, make sure to hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Instagram at Real Talk Show. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode of Real Talks.